Yeah, listen up, you guys. Yeah, see, you're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 190, for the week of Wednesday, 14th October, 2015. I'm Johnny V, and with me tonight are... Eddie. And Scott. This episode's being brought to you by the fine folks at Bamkabow and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the DC Collectibles Batman Animated Penguin and Poison Ivy action figures, the Mattel Masters Universe Classic Sorod, and the SH Figure Arts Master Rider 2, the first version action figure. Ah, the father and son road trip. Just a little imagination and you're good to go. Desert highways, scenic vistas, overly active wildlife. Did they just build a souvenir stand that sells extra hair? Nice. Yes, when you build together, the possibilities are endless. So, gentlemen, hold on to your hats and start your Lego road trip today at buildtogether.com. Well, howdy, gents. How you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm very and good. Eddie, since you're very good, mm-hmm. tell us, what have you been up to? Uh, I haven't planned anything for this one. Um, I've been... You plan your banter? Work. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I try that's, and, like, think, oh, what's, what's interesting? That's a different that's podcast completely. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So during the day, thinks, I should um, have something humorous happening to me today, so I have a clever anecdote to share tonight. I know, I, I'll go push over that old lady. Yeah, well, she deserved it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I've been very boring. I've just been living life. I've been watching James Bond movies. Are you guys James Bond fans at all? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If it's yeah. Roger Moore, Sean Connery. Yeah, I, I I enjoy a little bit of all of them, but I worked on a um, big James Bond exhibition with all the props and all that a few years ago, and I was basically watching the movies every day when I was working on that, and I have not been able to uh, go back and watch them until just recently. So I'm sort of rediscovering after being sick to death of Bond mm-hmm. for uh, a while. I'm rediscovering uh, both my likes and um, my loves of the really bad dialogue and uh, terrible scenes and plots. And me and my housemate just sat downstairs and ripped apart the Die Another Day um, just before beginning recording. So that's my one. It's uh, just a very Bond movie-filled week. And i disappointed to really started to realize how little Bond action figures there are. It seems like a big license with nothing. So, yeah. Funko, get on that. There were some, uh, like, Mego-style ones Yes, in the 90s, weren't there? And they were in, like, tubes or something. Like yeah, the there were some Mego-style ones, and Sideshow did a whole bunch of them. They go yeah, for some crazy money now, but just the proper sculpted figures, there's really nothing out there. Huh. Yeah, and there's a, I want to say a Moonraker one from Vintage Mego. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Right. maybe. Yeah, uh, no, no, there is. It's in like the tin foil. I, I feel like but, maybe there's uh, some one yeah. six scale bond stuff. But I don't know. Uh, why yeah, I feel you've got that the way. the sideshow ones, but yeah. not really. Not just real and I've, I've got Sean Connery that somewhere. Um, yeah. around here because they had that clearance at Electronics Boutique for like $50 and oh, wow. grabbed that so I was happy with that and that was um, how I first I think that was the very first because this was believe it or not kids before the internet was really um, used everyday tool what? Um, that's how I discovered Sideshow and that's when I hmm. first learnt of them and um, took note 
Yeah, when when you were talking about Jurassic to- Park toys last week, Eddie, I felt extremely old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I had graduated college by the time Jurassic Park had came out, so... <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. year one that year. Oh, so we have, okay. I'm not too sure how you guys go, but we have a year called prep before. Yeah, Americans. It's like after kindergarten, you have prep, and then there's year one. I was in year one. I was seven years old. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Not really. Not really. I mean, no. Yes, you made me feel extremely old, though. Well, I'm extremely young. Uh, yeah. So, how, how are my contemporaries doing, Scott? <laughs> I had to have an eye exam this week. I haven't had one for a couple of years, and um, you know they take photos of your the inner eye and everything. And um, the the optometrist is saying, "Oh, you know, this is still good, but you know, like you know, you're still young." And I'm like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> Sometimes. Inside, in, in my head, I still feel young, but sometimes I don't feel very young anymore. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I'm good. We're just kind of chugging along. We have um, kind of aging parent issues on both my side and my wife's side at the moment. So lots happening um, to kind of keep tabs on and try not to stress about. So, but yeah, I think we're um, getting everybody as organized as we can. And otherwise, all good. The guinea pigs are still alive, so um, that's a it's a good thing. And uh, I'm getting new glasses. Oh, and I'm having a birthday, so um, I'm going to be older. Yay! Yes, you are. Yeah, but you just um, had a, you just had a birthday. Didn't yeah, let's say yeah. speaking of birthdays. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I got a little older this mm. week, so not as old as I, me. I understand. I understand. Yeah, it doesn't. It's funny how it just kind of becomes a number. Like, you know, you just don't feel any um, different. And then I swatched to my mom today and she's like, oh, I can't believe you're turning 45. I'm like, well, I don't feel 45. I still feel 12 in my head. Yeah. yeah. Um, that and my next one's the big 3-0, so I'm Shut starting to feel up. it. Okay, there's a, a limit bit. to this. It's just a number <laughs> thing, okay? Mostly saying it to make ourselves feel good, so don't rub it in. Yeah. yeah, but you guys had your life together in order. I'm still sorting <laughs> some things out. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so besides wow. having a birthday and getting older, how are you, John? I'm good. I actually had a dream about the podcast. Oh, my God. Were we naked? Last week. Funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The dream starts off. I'm in a house. It's not the house that I'm in now, but kind of like it. And... I was going from like the bedroom to take a shower and people were knocking on the door, but I was naked. So I got down on the ground and they said, we see you up there. So I had to go let them in and they were there for some kind of party. And I'm like, there's no party. And they kept coming in anyway. And I, my dad was dealing with them. And I said, I got to go record the podcast. I went down in the basement and there was like 12 of us sitting around a table for the podcast. I don't even know who everybody was. Okay. And um, it was kind of like a table reading when for a TV show. You know how they like sit around mm-hmm. a big circle of tables. And I was sitting on a corner with Ben, and he hands me the script, like you know, an agenda type script. And I'm like, "But we never, we never have printed scripts." And he's like, "Well, this is something new Scott's trying." And oh, Scott's yeah. over in the corner, and he's like being like you know, 
Robert's rules of order on running the podcast and giving me dirty looks. And <gasps> I'm still naked and, and I'm I'm like freaking oh, out and this nobody's like a saying anything. And then people were making noise upstairs. So I was like, I got to go upstairs. And so I ran upstairs to, you know, like kick people out. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, it just went downhill from there. Wow. Like you combine a bad high school dream with the opening scenes of The Hobbit. It was just. <laughs> I, I know. It was weird. It was very weird. Wow. That's so funny. Yeah. I have dreams like like that. If I, I have stress dreams, that'll be from some kind of segment of my life. But the people that are in it are from other bits of my life, not from that. So if I had a mm-hmm. podcast stress dream, it'd be about the podcast, but none of you would be in it. It'd be like people I work with, or you know, whatever. Like just kind of weird jumbled things. So hmm, we'll have to get that analyzed for you and see what it means. Yeah, I don't really want to know. Okay. If if I if I want to have weird dreams, all I got to do is take Nyquil. If I take Nyquil, I will have the most whacked out dreams that, you know, I, I could possibly have. So what's Nyquil every time. for the Australian audience? Um, it's like a liquid cough sleep medicine. It's really strong normally. Do we have an equivalent? I don't think so. Can you buy it over the counter? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. I don't know. I'll take a picture for you guys. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. Because I love because I love taking pictures at Walmart. So. Yep. Hey, John. I don't think I've done a mm-hmm. show with you since we had our holiday when I was down in uh, Wollongong, New South Wales, where my in-laws live, where my wife grew up. And you know what we found that they have there? An outback steakhouse. Really? What? I know. I unfortunately did not. I, ch- was it just a steakhouse in the outback? No, it's the brand. It's the brand, the outback steakhouse. So unfortunately, we did not get a chance to go in because it was actually not really a holiday. It was more of a moving my father-in-law into a nursing home, um, you know, trip. Um, so we drove past a couple times, and I thought, man, I would love to go in there and just see if they sell blooming onions. Um, <laughs> but I did not get a chance. But I did not know that we had outback. Steakhouses actually in Australia. Wow. So I tried to get everybody to go to one last weekend and they didn't want to go. So, oh, there you go. Yeah. I feel like that's a KGB front business or something. Just like, no, Australian will come in here. We'll set up shop. And apparently, there's a few. I was just, I just Googled, like, and apparently there are, there's a few. There's one in, like, in Sydney as well. Um, hmm. But I don't... Why can't we get Bubba Gump? I like Bubba Gump. I've never been to one of those. You know what? I don't think it's the same. They don't They don't have the Bloomin' Onion. I'm just looking at their menu online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Maybe anyway, they just license something... the name or something. Well, that's right. It's like we have Burger... Well, sorry, we have Hungry Jack's here, which is Burger King, but it's, mm. co- but it's called Hungry Jack's. It, it's exactly the mm. same, you know... Uh, Graphics, everything. So it's called Hungry Jacks, and it's. Do you, yeah. Do you know why they called it Hungry Jacks? I think I do, but you tell me. The the version of the story I'd always heard was um, a fella went over to America and saw Burger King, and this was around the time McDonald's was first coming to Australia, and he thought, okay, we've had KFC and McDonald's, this one will probably be next. So he came back to Australia, copyrighted the name Burger King. Uh, so that when the company tried to move over here, they'd have to pay him out for the copyright. 
And then Burger King here just basically said, I'll stuff that, and they called it Hungry Jacks instead and just ran through so they didn't have to um, pay extortion money to the guy. Mm. Uh, Eventually they did get it back and they tried to um, run a few Burger Kings, which I think one or two still around, but there's just Aussies are too used Uh, to Hungry Jacks. Well, now that's that's all a bit of an urban myth, I'm afraid. Um, Yeah? Yeah, so I I researched this for my... Um, uh, own interest, and like the Burger King sold the uh, franchise or you know license rights um, to someone in in, Austra- in an Australian, but there was actually a, a business with the Burger King trademark here, so they gave him a a range of names to choose from, and one of them was Hungry Hungry Jacks. Without the apostrophe, like you know, like flapjacks kind of thing, but his his name was Jack, so he went with that. And then there's actually, if you, if you kind of um, research it, uh, there was some agreement that they made that about how the businesses had to perform or how um, how many new stores, whatever. And at some point, they actually um, tried to take the license away from him. And he went to court to fight it and won. And so then what they did was they, um, the, the New Zealand licensees actually call it Burger King and they gave a, a Burger King license to them because they got it back. And that's why for a while we had Hungry Jacks and Burger King here. Mm. They were actually separate businesses running. And then at some point that failed and so the guy the company that owns hungry jacks actually bought the license for those um things and turned them all back to hungry jacks there you go and that ends the action figure food podcast um (laughs) there you go (laughs) next week why there's only one employee ever at a red rooster We should probably talk you know, about toys. <laughs> I'm, I'm cur- almost curious enough to ask what a red rooster is, but we will move on. <laughs> it's if like you'd a, like to know. Yeah, it's like a KFC. Please, please. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you'd like to know, please, uh, please email us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please email Plan Banter. At... <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll move on to the news. Okay. This is Major Matt Mason, Mattel's Man in Space, ready for every adventure with all his official equipment. The space station, protected by solar shields. The moon suit, designed for exploration. The space crawler that keeps on going no matter what. Get them together or separately, and share the exciting adventures of Major Matt Mason, Mattel's new Man in Space. You know, we always have some main features, but before we get to the main features, we like to do everybody's favorite part, and that's the news, because you learn about new things, events, announcements, and articulated news is where we discuss this, which is what this is, because it's articulated, see, toys, articulation. Uh, Never mind, uh, you guys probably uh, picked up on that by now. Um, We're not a comprehensive toy news service, you know, we're not, you know, going to have every little single iota of information. These are just things that caught our eye, or maybe they caught your eye. So, Scott, you got our first piece of news. I do. So, New York Comic Con has just taken place in the States, 
And it's not a huge toy news um, source, but the companies are there usually um, not making major announcements, but there are a few of the news items tonight that come from um, New York Comic Con. And the first is Hasbro um, made some announcements there, mostly stuff we already knew about, but some uh, Exciting little tidbits. First of all, they've confirmed the lineup for the Marvel Legends Civil War um, six-inch wave with a couple of figures we didn't know about. This is the one that we saw, Mockingbird, um, and I think maybe Taskmaster, um, or at least knew that he was coming. But we now know this wave is also going to include Sharon Carter, um, Whirlwind, Taskmaster, Mockingbird, Scourge, of the underworld. I have absolutely no idea who that is. So I'm sure Eddie will tell me in a moment. Um, and Cottonmouth of the Serpent Society, which is, I think, crazy and exciting. So who's Scourge, Eddie? Scourge. Uh, well, the original Scourge is from the Mark Runewald run of Captain America. And he was a character basically created to tidy up, um, the Marvel universe of all these like Z list of villains. Okay. And he um, first appeared in Iron Man, but it was a big arc in Captain America. And he just kept appearing in other people's comics and killing off like the kangaroo and the spot and, you know, all the <gasps> Z list villains. And there was a famous scene. He just blew up a bar with like 30 villains in it and um, all that. But this one is based on, the Ed Brubaker run, who I believe we haven't got an uh, idea of who's under the mask uh, with this one. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of a similar uh, one. He's kind of like a villain punisher, but he <laughs> he's also a villain to the heroes, and it's it's a bit that. But he, he suits very well in a Captain America wave. Cool. Hmm. Um, Cottonmouth I'm really excited about because those Serpent Society characters are – um, really groovy. I know <clears throat> there's a version of Cottonmouth that's going to appear in the Luke Cage Netflix series, so yeah. that may have something to do with this, but if this is a, a gateway to those other Serpent Society characters, I think that would be really groovy. And I love Whirlwind. Um, he's one of those, if you're an Avengers fan, you know, sometimes in uh, those books they kind of start with them, you know, fighting some B or C list villain and dealing with them pretty quickly and then moving on to the main story and whirlwind appears like that a few times, you know, kind of almost as comic relief um, sort of thing. And so I've always been a bit of a whirlwind fan. So I think that's cool. Well, if you're a nineties kid like me too, he was one of the main villains in the Iron Man animated series, oh, of course, yeah. uh, which was a lot of the, uh, where I, we also know blizzard from. So he suits oh, in yeah. last week's one too. Um, and then I, we, oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. I have to think that people are going to be buying that cotton mouth, not for him, but to make a Serpenter six-inch figure. Mmm. Mm, good. And so this. You is, look at the. You, sorry. You look at that head sculpt, and that's Serpenter. That's yeah, not. Combine that with a King Hiss body, and you can. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, build a figure for this is the Red Skull onslaught. And then we've seen also a figure that will come in another as-yet-announced wave, which is a new Jim Lee rogue, which pretty much broke the internet. Um, Yeah, now, 
Just uh, while we're on the builder figure and that rove, um, me and Ben were talking, uh, messaging back and forth as these pictures were being leaked. Yep. And um, we were talking about how it's a shame that the onslaught builder figure comes with <coughs> the yep. uh, red skull head. Yep. And then I spotted something next to Rogue's feet yes. that made us feel a little bit. Did you notice that too, I'm assuming? I did. I was just about to talk about it. Yeah, um, what, what, what was that? It, it's a little Magneto head. Um, so I think it's really groovy that this is not, you know, not in that wave, um, but with the build figure, but still coming out as a, an option for that in whatever wave that comes. Um, you know, the other thing that I want is the little plastic figure stands that they always display these Marvel Legends on. I think they're great. Like they're so, like they're thin. You know, you can hardly see them, etc. I wish they actually came with them. Mm. <laughs> that got a res- resounding response from the. Um, if you look at the road, I, you can see I, <laughs> I love figure stands when they come with the figure, but um, I'm always a bit when it's you know they release a box of figure stands. I can never bring myself to pay for them. So yeah, if they come yeah. with the figures, I'm all for it. Bring them out exactly. Um, so that was exciting, and you know you've got to hats off to the um, Hasbro Marvel Legends team. Um, you know this is coming out under the Civil War banner, and you know perhaps there'll be some movie um, figures in this as well. But um, you know this is a bunch of comic accurate characters, which is just really exciting. Um, and then also um, under the Marvel Legends banner are uh, the, the three. Uh, and a quarter inch line, which was Marvel Universe and then Avengers Infinite, is now just b- been rebadged as Marvel Legends, um, which I think kind of makes sense, um, you know, f- to give it a kind of consistent feel, although I'm sure people might have different ideas. Um, also, with some great new packaging, I think the card art for um, this new wave of um, the Marvel Legends three and three quarter looks fantastic. And the first wave of these has got the Carol Jambers Captain Marvel, the classic Iron Man or Iron Man Mark I, Spider-Man Noir, Triton, Ulick, and Yondu, classic Guardians of the Galaxy. So that is, again, um, Triton and Yondu in particular are uh, ones that I think are quite exciting because they're both real universe builder um, figures, and they look great. You know, I noticed a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. Um, one, there's an Iron Man Mark one in this. Yeah. Do we really need that figure? And I don't think this is an improvement over their previous version. I really don't. Yeah. I think it's just that, that that case of, uh, that, you know, you've got to have a certain number of Iron Man, Spider, Vereen things to get it across the line. Um, the second thing I noticed is it looks like some of the new sculpted figures, are missing ab crunches like the the, oh, yeah. the captain marvel captain and marvel, the yeah. yondu uh it's hard to tell with captain, the it's hard to tell with captain marvel because the female one um yeah i know yeah, it's, it's up a, under the it's a boob crunch. yeah um mm-hmm. but let's see i'm scrolling oh yeah triton and yondu don't have them and what i'm not yeah, sure triton is, like, kind is of looks weird there is Ulick a, a reuse of a buck, maybe, that they would have been in there already? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think he's mostly a um, Hulk buck. 
Yeah, all yeah, those I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure that we've seen that um, Spider-Man Noir body before. Hmm. So, I don't know. It looks like they dropped the ab crunch. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, some, some of the um, three and three-quarter stuff has been uh, a bit more limited articulation-wise. Um, not, you know, and I, I think particularly um, for these uh, these figures, that ab crunch is actually pretty important in terms of posability um, because they're... Tend to be a little bit hard to pose, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But um, I'm still really enjoying collecting both of these lines, and so any character that's new to the scale um, is a win for me. I mean, I don't need Spider-Man Noir, um, but the great thing about the three and three-quarter ones, of course, is there's no builder figures, so you can just you know get what you need. And great to see that they're both continuing. Um, now Mattel has not really had a showing you know, of any sorts for a while with their DC stuff, but they did actually have some new things to show. Um, all of their um, DC stuff is now under the multiverse um, banner. And we saw some things at San Diego, which still haven't come out like president Superman from um, the uh, Grant Morrison, whatever that latest story was, Etc. Multiverse. Oh, thank you. Multiversity. Multiversity. Um, But they have announced a Walmart exclusive um, Dark Knight set with Batman, Superman, and Son of Batman um, in six inch, which is Walmart exclusive, but it is comic accurate DC six inch stuff, so um, better than nothing. And a bunch of movie. Uh, stuff as well. So I can't say I'm super excited about that, particularly because it is Walmart exclusive, but at least um, there's something there. It seems to really pale in comparison to what Hasbro is doing. Mm. I'm, I'm excited to um, get the Superman one because being that they're done on the Masters of the Universe buck and there was a few crossovers with uh, Superman and He-Man, I'm going to look to add him um, to my Motu collection to help Universe build that a bit. And it's kind of nice to see them finally get their use out of that uh, Guy Gardner uh, buck two for the Son of Batman figure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That arrow just doesn't look that good to me. Yeah, there's some movie stuff there as well, which, um, you know, I don't... Uh, sorry, TV stuff. So there's some Flash and Arrow stuff. I, I haven't really liked those figures um, very much. I think that they are not as good as they could be, that's for sure. And with the DC Collectibles, one of that same franchise that are doing it really well for oh, yeah. what will end up being a similar price. It's yeah, hard yeah. to... Yeah. That's, that's one of the weird things about, I think, the, the license. Like, I'm not quite sure why um, Mar- Mattel does the TV stuff when DC Clickables does it and does it really well. Um, and, but you know, there you go. Um, also at New York comic con Square Enix had some DC play arts Kai. Um, this, as I feared it would has devolved into every version of Batman you can imagine. They did actually show a Robin. Um, I'm not collecting this line anymore though, but just because I don't need a billion different play arts. It's Batman's. Um, but now we've got if, if the Western one wasn't enough for you and the Arkham, you know, times whatever wasn't enough for you, now we've got Batman Sparta 
um, as well. So, yeah, this is obviously concept stuff and that's cool, but definitely not for me. Not at that price. No. Well, I mean, the thing is that they are um, like the Western one that is out, out at the moment is very popular. I've seen that already starting to pick up on the secondary market. Um, and, uh, you know, there obviously is a, a real market for this stuff. But the thing about something like this Sparta one is that if, if you just showed that to me without telling me that it was meant to be Batman, I would have no idea. Um, and so it's really kind of pushing it, I think. But there yeah. you go. there's obviously a market for it. It's just not me, and that's okay. I can't buy everything. Um, and then finally for me, um, a couple of things I threw in that I noticed from um, New York Comic Con. And uh, t- tip of the hat to the Toy Arc for their New York Comic Con coverage because their photo albums, etc., have been up really quickly, really detailed with lists of everything they've seen, etc. So thank you very much, Toy Arc people. Um, <clears throat> much appreciated. And uh, I noticed um, that in the Minimate side of things, a couple of um, ones that I'm probably going to have to pick up coming out, uh, including Dazzler um, in the disco outfit, and Siren, who Banshee has always been you know, one of my kind of pet favorite X-Men. And so then Siren, his daughter, um, who, you know, I, I learned about her first reading the original official handbook of the Marvel Universe back in the day um, and was always interested in, in her. Then, of course, she was in X-Force and then in Peter David's fantastic X-Factor. Um, so uh, definitely a favorite character. So I'm going to have to pick those up for sure. And then there's the obligatory Spider-Gwen, you know, character of the moment, um, as well as some other, um, you know, great, uh, characters. And it's great just to see those Marvel Minimates just continuing to go, but also throwing in those, you know, new characters, which is really groovy. Howard the Duck's in there. Oh, fancy that. (laughs) Except he's missing a foot. That's kind of disturbing. Maybe they left it behind. All right. Yeah. Who left Howard's foot behind? <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Um, and it looks like there's some new Marvel Zombies um, mini-mates as well. So that's all kind of funny and groovy. And then finally, something else that I was actually a bit interested in, um, Diamond Select has this Femme Fatales line, which are – you know, PVC statues, they're a decent size and not terribly expensive because they're PVC. And they do all kinds of properties. It's a bit all over the place. But they have a, a DC animated um, line. I, we, we knew already they were doing Batman animated um, uh, female characters. So we'd seen Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, etc., um, and Batgirl. But they now uh, have an official DC animated Finn Fatale's line, and we've seen uh, Bruce Tim, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Hot Girl um, in that line that all look really groovy. So, um, if uh, people are interested in that, DC Direct back in the day um, did maquettes of a lot of the Batman animated and DC animated um, characters, and they are really expensive to try and get today. Um, you know, a lot of DC Direct stuff doesn't really hold its value on the secondary market, but that that uh, there's a whole bunch of Justice League Unlimited um, maquettes, Batman animated maquettes, etc., um, that are hard to get if you decide you want them now. Um, and uh, hopefully they'll do Black Canary because that is 
Um, one of the ones that I've always wanted that every time I hover over a ridiculous price on eBay, I just can't pull the trigger and think, no, can't do it. Um, and they've got some busts as well, like Batman animated um, and Superman animated busts coming out, which all look really good. And Bane. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! Um, so yeah, that's that's my news and some you know really nice things there at um, at New York Comic Con and particularly I'm I'm really interested in what Diamond's doing. I think that it's great to see them um, you know just branching out um, from you know obviously they do the Diamond Select figures very well and with a lot of properties and it's great to see them um, getting back to doing more um, bust and statues um, with some interesting properties. So next up is me, and I'm going to stick with this theme of New York Comic Con. Uh, my first bit of news comes from uh, Bandai's SH Figure Arts line, and this is the 1980s animated series style Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures. Uh, so these are six-inch representation of the Toon Turtles, as they're more colloquially known. Um, and they look fairly good. There's just a picture image um, here that's been released of them as they're put on display. Not much uh, details as of yet. Um, but I'd, I'd venture a guess and say this is probably the closest interpretation we've had in figure form uh, to these guys. But we've also been getting a lot of uh, Turtles figures here yeah. in recent. It's starting to be a, a bit of an onslaught of just how many different ways we can get these four brothers out there. So I'm, I'm a big Turtles fan. I like my Turtles. But, yeah, I, I'm a bit on the fence with these guys because I did like the classics that uh, Playmates did. And though I would say these guys look better, that's, I don't know if they're worth what would be the expensive upgrade for the figure arts uh, cost. I wonder how much they will cost. Because, like, if you look at the um, uh, Nintendo stuff, it is not terribly expensive. Um, mm. And so because these are smaller, I mean, they're going to have a price tag on them, obviously, that is more than a retail you know, six-inch figure. But I wouldn't – I'll be interested to see what they actually come out as. Um, I know that these are meant to be animated, but they still – they're just too cartoony for me. Um, <laughs> I know it's a dumb thing to say, but I, – I do um love that just one of those things sometimes where you scroll down in the comments on one i saw one person <laughs> complaining because they didn't have silver belts because in the first six episode miniseries they had silver belts and that was his preferred toon turtles over these these ones in the picture have the yellow uh with black belts that they had uh with their uh, letter symbol for their name um, that they had in all the other episodes later on in the season. So he, he wasn't too happy that it wasn't the early version uh, of them. That'll probably be a web exclusive from Tamashi. Yeah, that's what I think. It'll be the San Diego figure arts uh, set. And it'll just be one turtle each year that you need to come back, and then they won't do Donatello for three years. And then <laughs> that seems to be the way that things go. But what can help you there if you are jumping around a few years might be a TARDIS, which brings me to my second bit of news. Oh, again with the segues. The, Very nice. Yeah, I love my segues. Uh, is the Lego Ideas 21304 Doctor Who set. Eddie, fan of two-wheel vehicles. 
I love. I actually do love riding on a Segway. If you ever get a chance, it's brilliant fun. Um, but this is uh, from what we used to be Lego QCO, now Lego Ideas, where people can submit ideas to Lego to be made as property, and if they find it to be viable, they will. And uh, someone at Lego seemed to agree that apparently Doctor Who you can make money off. <laughs> uh, so they have procured the license to Doctor Who and built this Lego set, which does look cool. Hmm. You get a bunch of minifigures. So you get Clara Oswald, the current Doctor companion. You get a 12th Doctor and a 11th Doctor. Uh, you get an angel, which is my least favorite Doctor monster, so I could kind of <gasps> take or leave that. And you get two Why Daleks. Why is he even on the show? Uh, why? Why? Well. He's I young. Just, he doesn't I, like I, angels. And... You know, I I want to go to bed before midnight. I want to go. On my Didn't you hear my weeping rant. angel yeah. um, pop vinyl review? Yeah, How could that be your I, least favorite? They're so groovy. That, I Blink is one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who, and every other time they've appeared since then, it's been my least favorite episodes as they've oh. come through. I just think it's Moffat trying to turn his really brilliant creation into the next Dalek or Cyberman and really, oh, okay. but I, I have this with a lot. I'm, I'm very controversial as a who fan. Cause I really can't stand river song either. <gasps> for pretty much the exact same reasons. And that gets, yeah. What? Yeah. I, I, grief. You, you dropped I, the really mention the other to, one and I didn't bite, but yeah, I was like, oh. we have to improve our, um, screening process. Vetting. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think as Who fans, we can agree the Daleks in this set look nice. And you also get a TARDIS that opens up uh, so you can have it displayed with the full round box or you can add on the uh, control panel on the inside there and have your inside uh, always bigger on the inside uh, reaction through there and have your own little adventures in time and space. That's a really clever and, the way they did that. I really like that. Yeah, I do. I do too. How could you hate anything related to Alex <laughs> Kingston? I, I would listen. To, <laughs> I would listen to Alex Kingston read the phone book. I yeah. I'd say I've only seen her do two things, and that's Doctor Who and Arrow, and she's yet to impress me in either one. I must say. What, what? haven't you seen ER? I, I was just going to say. No. That. Oh man. I, I, not not. Um, I I watched the George Clooney years, but remember, I was like eight then. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Um, but speaking of um, things that some of us like and some of us don't like, uh, my next bit of news is on the Titans Return event going on in the Transformers line. Uh, so the uh, Combiner Wars are wrapping up, and the next saga for Transformers, which I have liked what they've been doing, they've been really working uh, with the IDW team to combine the story events going on th over there uh, with the latest toy gimmicks going on, and it does give them a bit of an epic feel. So uh, Titans are known in the Transformers universe as being the giant robots, such as Metroplex, uh, but this time around they're going more of a headmaster's bent. So uh, with the figures that are going to be coming out, and they've released at uh, New York Comic-Con numerous figures that are going to be coming out over uh, the next year. So I won't go into all of them because 
Um, names like Twin Twist and Hard Head and Skull Crusher and all that probably don't mean a lot to most people out there. And there's some brilliant Transformers podcasts that cover all uh, these type of things for those that want to delve and get very nerdy into it. Um, but just to help uh, fill people in, these are Transformers, robots that turn into cars, but the gimmick with these ones is the head of the robot will also transform into its own little robot on these guys. So you can uh, have a few different ones going on. There's a few triple changes, so ones that will change into multiple things. Probably the highlights here for me is a proper Galvatron. So he was one of the big bads of the later half of the cartoon show and one of my personal favourite Autobots being done in a very big deluxe style, which is Autobot Blaster. So he was the good guy version of the guy who turned into a boombox there. So some great ones are coming out uh, in terms of fan-demanded characters. And if you're a fan of the crew of the Lost Light, we're getting a lot of characters out of uh, that crew and ship uh, coming through there. So uh, definitely a lot of Transformer happy fans out there with some of the announcements coming out of New York Comic Con there. And my last bit of news is uh oh no i've skipped one sorry one of my links didn't work so i didn't have their run to go uh, just before i get into the, the, the perils music. of insta chatting i know i know it wouldn't go through because this one was just a twitter image and it was from our friends at mondo who we've been talking about a little bit with their ninja turtle one six scale line and they've also got the license to masters of the universe and they tweeted out a picture of the uh, working progress, which is He-Man and Skeletal. And I do think these guys are looking good. Uh, so they're slightly different in that they're uh, kind of gone for a more realistic version than the original toy version. Uh, but I do like the difference here, and it's still definitely the original um toy characters and designs coming through just as a slightly different version. Uh, so I am liking these. Have you guys had a chance to check out Mondo's work here? Uh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I mean, it is a interesting um, take on a property that, uh, you know, I don't know how much scope there is um, for another figure line so quickly for He-Man, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely good-looking. Mm, I, I'm really excited for Mondo and I've been following them a uh, bit of recent because I don't dislike the 1-6 scale, um, but I have a bit of trouble personally with mixed media uh, in that often um, the tabs and the sew lines and that just don't tend to sit right on figures. So it's when you're in the 1-6 scale, you're generally dealing with mixed media and clothes and um, all that on a figure. So Mondo's really going for the f- just full sculpt uh, design. So I am excited to see sort of what they do and what they do with this scale line um, in the high presentation. And um, credit to them, the prices haven't been too bad for what's coming out so far. Touchwood, they stay these ways. Uh, but speaking of the 1-6 scale uh, line, my last bit of news is the Punisher six scale figure from sideshow collectibles so he's the second marvel figure to go up in this scale uh 
Deadpool should be arriving in collector's fan in collector's hands, I should say, uh, very shortly. Uh, so just in time, they've also put up their next one, which is Frank Castle here. He's looking to set you back around 240 US dollars, and he, being the Punisher, does come kitted out uh, with a lot of things. So you have a fully articulated body, black shirt with skull symbol, tactical pants, removable dual shoulder holster belt with functioning pouches, two attachable knives, two revolvers, two pistols, uh, six pistol magazines, a rifle, three rifle magazines, four hand grenades, uh, five interchangeable pairs of hands, a removable tactical vest with skull symbol, and if you get the exclusive version, you're also going to get a submachine gun in there. So he definitely comes wow. with all his arsenal. And I do like they have given him the very classic comic look of the white gloves and white boots, uh, but they have gridded him up a little bit, so it does look like a more realistic version of the Punisher. And I'm always a big fan when he has the skull on a uh, piece of body armor where the teeth kind of slightly come through underneath on the shirt as well. So uh, I am very much liking the look of this. I've pre-ordered, and well, I've already paid off the Deadpool figure that should be arriving to me shortly. And I'm toying up whether or not to order this guy in. I'm not the biggest Punisher fan in the world. Uh, but he's looking very good on this design here. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much on the fence. How are you guys uh, finding him? I love the head sculpt. I really, I really like this. Really, really mm. like this. I, yeah, I that, really prefer a, a trench coat Punisher, but this with the white gloves, this, this actually is the best I've seen the white look, mm. I think. Mm. And I think as Ben was talking on a previous episode too, I mean – um, there's a lot of different ways you could do the Punisher, and with the one-six scale, there's a lot of things you could buy to add on to him and really kit him out. And I'm sure you could find a trench coat on exactly. him, yeah. tune him up quite well. But yeah, he's—they're definitely doing a good job here. I'm kind of surprised they haven't solicited the Wolverine, who was actually revealed long before the Punisher, and he met with quite a bit of critique yeah i wonder so, if that's why <laughs> just to see yeah, yeah if he's gone back to the drawing board and whether we might say a different one of him uh coming out soon but uh de- definitely leading off with some strong guns here if you pardon the pun with deadpool and uh punish us so i'll be interested to see what they throw at us next but uh that also brings my section of the news to an end very good well, my first bit of news is uh, we had actually mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and I think Ben was talking about maybe getting in on this, um, and that is the Feudal Series uh, articulated icons from the Foosh, and it looks like their Kickstarter was finally um, fully funded, and they about doubled their number, but it, it really took until the very end for them. I, it was kind of touch and go, I think, there for a while, um, and it kind of came on strong at the end. Uh, they revealed in like the last two days some of their more extensive um, uh, incentives, and I, I think those are finally what kicked them over the top. Um, but I don't know. Were you, were you guys? Do you guys pledge on this one or? No, I. I mean, look, I love the idea of all these things just to support, you know, independent things. But it's just 
too far out of my wheelhouse and um, budget, but I, I did hover. But particularly with the weakness of the Australian dollar against the US dollar at the moment, just even a lower level pledge with shipping was kind of more than I was really prepared to pay mm. for um, something that's not really in my wheelhouse. But hats off to them. I'm really glad it worked out. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad it worked I, out too. I got a same boat as uh, Scotty. Like wrapped it worked out and there's some fantastic stuff coming out. But um, it's, yeah, very hard to do a Kickstarter uh, from all the way back here. <laughs> I, I wonder... You know, I almost would have liked to have seen them do more of here's just a very, very basic figure, you know, for X amount. It seemed like even their their lowest one was a little higher than maybe what some people would be willing to put in for a Kickstarter. So um, I'm hoping that maybe then they come out with another series. They they maybe learn some lessons from from how this one went. And, you know, we see some different funding levels, maybe to, to get some of the, the stuff. But maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do still find it fascinating the whole Kickstarter thing and how it's going and what's working and what's yeah that, that that's a lot of money to to raise for what it's you a know lot of money. I mean they mm. they raised what three hundred and forty four thousand with only twelve hundred people that's that gives you an idea how much everybody kind of kicked into that one whoa you know if you divide it yeah <laughs> so that that's what I'm saying you know spent some serious money on that if um. If they maybe had some lower levels, they may have got their level sooner. I, I think that one was a little higher than some of the other toy um, ones we've seen as well, what they were looking for up front. So, Hey, um, Scotty. Yeah. As head of um, AFB, when are we going to have an AFB Kickstarter for our action figures? Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, never? Um, we, well, not of us, but we could do, like, some guys in suits that are, like, almost James Bond, but not quite James Bond, so I could finally get. I don't even know if I own a suit that fits, Eddie. Well, look. That's we all right. We'll make millions on the Kickstarter, John. Oh, I'm it's sure okay. we will. Absolutely, yeah. that'll be. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just, uh, I just did some basic maths there, and that uh, works out to an average pledge of two hundred and seventy-seven dollars per backer. And you know, and you know that there's people that probably put in a lot more and a lot less. A lot less, for sure. Yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there's probably some prints in um, <laughs> Middle East somewhere, just going to have an apartment full of nin- thousands and thousands of fruit right. ninjas. Bring me my ninjas. I wonder. I wonder if some of them were stores. Maybe you know some. You know, not box stores, but but smaller mm-hmm. comic shops and stuff Online, that ordered yeah. some just to yeah. stock them. So. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have from Hasbro an exclusive set of six-inch black series Star Wars figures, and these are Imperial Forces because you know we need more of these um, because you know there's not enough Sand Troopers out there or Tie Fighter pilots. Yeah. Or red um, yeah, this this is actually the premiere of um, uh, that uh, Crimson Stormtrooper. It's the first ever red Stormtrooper action figure official one. So um, I don't know if that means anything to anybody because I don't ever remember in any of the reading I've done seeing a Crimson one. But I guess that's yeah, somewhere no, between they... an, an Imperial Guard and a, a Stormtrooper. I don't know. Yeah, I this was a bit of a weird one for me because 
There are some like slight repaints and that in there in the set, and I can understand that, but it feels very early on to be getting a Crimson Stormtrooper. The red Stormtrooper has there's... never been seen as an action figure in any size. Is that because it's not real? Or... I, don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's no oh, turquoise Stormtrooper. This feels like we're rainbow also getting, lanterns. We're also getting uh, R2-Q5, which is a black R2 unit. So... They're kind of a fan favorite. I, I dig those. But, mm. um, uh, yeah, apparently kind of connected odd, odd to the Royal Guard, obviously, because hmm, they match. That was right. Hmm. Are they actually from a film? Not That's from what I'm film. trying I'm to find. I'm guessing they're from some sort of continuity thing. I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. No. It doesn't seem like it. It's just on Wikipedia. They just have a mention of them, but there's uh, no other details, so this could have been done after the figure was revealed. probably people writing us angry emails right now. Yeah. They read Stormtrooper Send your angry emails, too. Planned banter. Yeah. Planned banter yeah, or fan holes. Fa- oh, who are they? Fan holes, you know, Derek WC. Oh, Derek, sorry. Oh, sorry, Derek. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Derek. Fan holes. Sorry, I only think of them as the Fan Holes podcast, not just Fan Holes, because that sounds too much like assholes. Apparently it's a well, cosplay. Kind of their, it's kind of their thing. Yeah, yeah. I had a very funny hmm. thing happen today. This has nothing to do with anything. Um, <laughs> it, but the assholes thing made me think of it. Because um, there's a song at the moment that's like a remake of the sexual healing so whatever a song and on the radio and I was like, I don't think that's, you know, really appropriate lyrics. It's got the kids in the car. And my youngest said, What? They're just saying searchable healing. <laughs> and we're like, No, it's sexual. She's like, No, it's not. So I had to like turn the volume up really loud and she was like, Oh my goodness, I was saying sexual healing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So you went from wait 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 wait. So you went from oh, I don't know if this is appropriate to pumping it full ball. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, on uh, Hasbro also also showed off some uh, six inch Force Awakens and uh, Dean Schaefer. I apologize. There won't be any spoilers in this. Dun, dun, dun. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing new. Um, they're all characters I think we've seen up to this point, except for the alien pilot. And I think we've even seen a, a figure of him up to this point. I can't remember what his name is. Um, but uh, I think the thing people are most excited about for the the six inch black is um, they revealed the Han Solo from Force Awakens. So yeah, that was what everybody on Twitter was talking about the other day. Uh, and it looks like somewhere between Han Solo and Indiana Jones to me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's uh, oh, yeah. careful! It was very exciting. Yeah, there's the exciting <laughs> um, music. Yeah, no, I'm I'm collecting this uh, the Force Awakens six inch uh, black Star Wars one, and um, I I think they've done a really good job with the uh, modern uh, Harrison Ford likeness uh, on that. That the hair could might be possibly slightly grayer. I was thinking that what yeah. I've seen, but um, the jacket and all that looks fantastic, and I'm I'm loving the new X-wing uniform. So the alien X-wing pilot um, Otsio there, I'm excited for, and I yeah, I, I quite like General Hux there um, and his design setup. I think he's going to be a big player um, in the films going forward. So I'm excited for him. We were trying to figure out 
the other day what the thing on top of the TIE fighter pilot's helmet is. Is it a mask that flips down? Is it some kind of antenna? Is it... I don't know. Yeah, couldn't too sure. Couldn't figure it out. We'll know before. We'll find out soon. I've got a conflict. Yeah. I should put it out to you. I just found out my work Christmas party is the same night as the midnight launch of Force Awakens, so i got to choose. What? Yeah. I wasn't going the first day anyway. So. Uh, no. I no. I'm a big fan. I don't like spoilers, so I get conflicted. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, we, we get a few days anyway, so, you know, can't be too spoiled. It all depends on where my work par- Christmas party is. Hmm. So, for us, we don't always go. Anyway. Moving on, um, more news from NYCC, uh, 1/12 inch or 1/12 scale um, Mortal Kombat figures. Uh, we've, I think we've maybe seen a bit of tease of these before, but in this case we've got Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and fan favorite Goro. And, if you don't and these Goro, are different to the other 6-inch Mortal Kombats that Metsuko are doing uh, at the yeah. moment, aren't they? They're... Um, these are based on the original um, game. Yes, it looks like they are. Because I don't... has Is Goro still in it? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so. But my Mortal Kombat knowledge is fairly lacking. If you know, please write in and tell us. Um, yeah. Goro is the big forearm dude. He was in the first film, if you've seen the first film. But if you haven't, then that didn't help you. Yeah, I, I'm in the I have no idea camp here. Yeah, he looks pretty good for a forearm figure. Uh, looks like they did a pretty good job with him. It's always interesting to see how they're going to do that. So, yeah, be moving interesting how they scale up. Yeah, moving along. Speaking of scaled up, we are seeing uh, more SH figure arts from Nintendo. This time, Super Mario Brothers Bowser. And you know, you got to have your enemies for Mario, and this is obviously a good one. Uh, He's got a couple of different mouths that snap in. He's got one that shoots fireballs. He's got a couple of different hands. Um, he looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. He yeah, looks solid. I, I'm down for him. I've been I've been getting these figure arts uh, Nintendo guys, and I've been loving it. They've, I haven't had any regrets. And I've even got the Jack's um, Pacific uh, World and Nintendo one uh, in the place at the moment for Bowser and. Mm. They're fairly good, but uh, I I will be grabbing him as well. Very cool. Well, if you if you're going to grab him, then you might want to grab Diorama Playset E as well, because this yeah, has um, Hammer Bro, Spiny, and Lakitu. Yeah, uh, the Hammer so, Bro, a little little spiky turtle, and um, a little guy in a cloud throwing turtles. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's, I stuff. think every kid my age has thrown their controller across the room because of a hammer bro at some point in life. <laughs> just there, the most ah. You know, they just constantly got infinite amount of hammers that are just swinging in the air, and you get trapped in the corner and no mushroom, and you're just like ah. <laughs> Ironically, is there not a hammer with this set? I think there is. It's behind him. I think he's holding one. Yeah, yeah. Like he's holding it. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just... Oh, uh, you can see the, just the corner of the handle. Yeah. It would have been nice yeah. to... Yeah, an angle shot should, there. Yeah. Yeah. Bandite should come with infinite amount of hammers. Because that's how... You <laughs> probably have a whole pack of hammers come out next, yeah. next quarter. 
<laughs> with little articulated stands to put them on. And comes with a little broken controller accessory from when you crack it. And you, oh, I like Mario games. They're fun. We hadn't picked but up yeah, on that. Went, went through a lot of controllers. My uh, last bit of news is something that they had at the show as well. And I, I saw the pre-order um, yesterday morning and I thought it looked really good. It's an alien warrior. It's an, a one-tenth artifacts from Kotobukiya. And um, he comes on like a grading. So I think this is probably aliens, I'm guessing. Uh, and he's kind of going through uh, a little vent shaft area. But he's like crouched down. um on this grating so he's he's very very low to the ground but it comes with six of these grating panels i couldn't work out at first because the the pictures i originally saw only had four of them and had him boxed in but it looks like you can put him on the side of the box or the top of the box as well so you can have him you know crawling upside down but then um one of the comic con pictures i saw actually showed uh the other two forming like a partial wall in front of that that box and it it, it looked really good so um Kind of a grayish color, almost a metallic-looking color on this guy. Uh, I'm not a huge Alien fan, but this one looks really great. And uh, I, th- I think they finally may have made me think, I might need some Alien stuff, but <laughs> I don't know. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, does look good. And um, actually, speaking of New York Comic Con and Aliens, I do want to give a shout-out to a buddy of mine, Tristan, um, he's a guy here in Melbourne and he's a action figure fan. I've had lots of talks with him about, uh, action figures in the nineties and, um, he's a huge alien fan. One of the main ones we've talked about is that old Kenner alien line and at New York comic con just this past weekend, he was announced as the new artist on dark horse aliens. So that's Tristan Jones, uh, the artist, uh, Melbourne guy, um, been working, um, hard for years at a comic career and worked on a lot of action figure properties such as Ninja Turtles where he got his first big start uh, over there at Mirage as well as a couple of other things but he's a massive massive Aliens fan so uh, for him to land a project working on Aliens it's uh, uh, just one of those dream projects for people come true so very happy for him and uh, if you guys are interested definitely get out there to your local comic store and pre-order uh, Aliens Defiance with uh, Brian Wood, um, DMZ and uh, Northlanders uh, author, who's a fairly good writer. So definitely uh, get in there and pre-order and check that out. And uh, if you're in Australia, support the local talent. Very good. Yeah, very good. And with that, gentlemen, I think we need to move on to some name that. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Well, now it's time for everybody's favorite podcast game. Name that. Um, every week what, I can. What, sorry, what, why are you talking like a weird game show host? Because it's a weird game show. Okay. And Carry see, on. See, every week I come on and we play a sound. It's like a game show. Do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. No? Wasn't that the MASH theme song? <laughs> 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 He's comparing his game to suicide. Nice. It might be. Yeah. Um, Way to belittle war. There you go. Not... 
Anyway, I play a sound. You guys guess what it is. So let's just get it. It's much easier when you record this by yourself, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) Actually, it's not. It doesn't bring on as many changes. You'd be surprised. But you know, Scott, you can take or leave them if you please. (laughs) (laughs) But suicide is painless. Yeah. Listen to this and then tell me what it is. He has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife. Can you play that again? I, I can do that. He has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife. Oh, it's the um, Mr. and Mrs. Roper action set from Three's Company. Ooh, ooh. No, that, what's that? That that's actually a decent guess. Um, Hellbot guessed that it was the family truckster from Vacation, but that wasn't correct either. So, um, it's a I'm toy. Emma Man. Oh, guessing what? Alabama Man from South Park. What? No. No. <gasps> Is it a Green Acres set? It is not a Green Acres set. Man, um, let's let's try to work this out. It's a famous toy with a husband and wife. What famous toy has a wife? Hot, hot, Mr. Potato Head. It's Mr. Potato Head. It's actually a vintage Mr. Potato Head commercial. (laughs) (laughs) See, that wasn't so hard. Yay! That wasn't so hard. But I think this is actually one of the vintage ones where, um. It's actually the potato, not like the plastic potato. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It wasn't Alabama, man. It was Idaho, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that, Eddie, that the original Mr. Potato Head was actually just stuff you popped onto potatoes? Yeah, I, I feel like that was something that I read once in a history book. So is that a radio commercial that you just played to us? Or? No, it's actually a black and white. It's a black and white TV commercial, so it's a very early commercial. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, th- these are becoming harder and harder to find. Potatoes. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. But, uh, yeah, they, I, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, i got to go with that, because uh, <laughs> I, I was struggling last week. I don't – you'd be surprised how many I have to listen to now to, like, figure out something new for you guys. But I, I pull up stuff on, on YouTube toy commercials and it's just watched, 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 watched. <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. You don't need to do is start making them up. Don't. Oh, yeah. You could do like them. a, a <laughs> false one. Is this a real commercial or is it? Yes. Yeah. Is this a genuine double double figure Jeopardy or oh, I, don't, I don't know how Jeopardy works? That seems I, I, like a thing. I may actually um, start reading catalog descriptions because <sighs> because those and you have to guess what it is. Oh, that could be fun. But not this week. We'll we'll we'll, we'll play another sound this week. Uh, turn off scene, okay. dude. And, um, you know, we're nice, so we'll, we'll play it one more time. I'll blow this town to smithereens. I'm on. Try to get up there in time. Eddie? Yeah? If, if they were like Hellbot and thought they knew what that was, wh- wh- where would they go? 
Uh, the best bet would probably to head to afbforum.com and venture a guess on the Name That thread. And if they get it right, they get a point, and those are coded forum points. Scott, what, what are we giving away for forum points this week? Uh, we are giving away um, vintage uh, Cabbage Patch Kid adoption certificates. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah. Ironically, my mom has a Cabbage Patch Kid, and um, she got it when it She you know. called it John. Well, it, <laughs> Kind of walked right into that, yeah. buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say that it's completely bald, but does it have a, an earring and a goatee? Um, no, but I I could take a magic marker and probably fix that. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> Can we just end the recording here? I feel like that's done. That's what you hear now. We we may or may not be right back after this with um, our first toy of the week. with her own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. It's such fun to do and so easy. Like this. Take any fruit or vegetable. Just stick in eyes, then ears, and then the mouth. You can make the funniest looking people in the whole world. Potato Head people look different every time you make them. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with cars and trailers come in one and two dollar sizes. What else is new, Hasbro? A vanity case with toy cosmetics and beautiful accessories and real looking doctor and nurse kits. Hasbro makes great toys. It's fun to play with Hasbro. Well, we're back with one of our feature segments, and Eddie may or may not be here. Um, no, he's here. Say hi, Eddie. Oh, maybe he's not. Hey. I'm here. Hey. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but Eddie's not going to be talking because, uh, you know, this is where we take a look at a toy or collectible in detail. And Scott has our first um, exciting toy of the week this week. I do. Um, I am reviewing two new installments in the DC Collectibles Batman animated series six-inch line. Uh, Previously, I've done Batwoman, uh, Batwoman, hello, I've done Batman and Catwoman. I have done Man Bat and the Creeper. And uh, this week, I picked up Poison Ivy and Penguin, and they are my toys of the week. Um, So, uh, if you've been under a rock, then you may not know that DC Collectibles is doing a six-inch version of these uh, Bruce Tim designs from the Batman animated series. I think one of the uh, most classic superhero animated series ever done. And uh, Penguin and Poison Ivy came out last week. There's a whole bunch of things coming for this shortly, including the Batmobile, um, which I'm very excited about. Um, 
these uh, are I'll, I'll, my complaint every time I uh, talk about these is about the packaging. So I'll just start with that again. And that is that I really think it is such a shame for such collectible and well done pieces that the uh, packaging is not collector friendly. Um, once you open this up, then it can't be put back together. And when they've gone through all the effort of doing such fantastic uh, accessories, etc. I really uh, wish that these had been a resealable clamshell. So um, boo hiss about that. Uh, but everything, it's all win from from there. Uh, let's start with poison ivy. Um, so one of the things that I think is quite challenging about just the uh, Bristim um, anatomy is that they've got very very long and skinny legs and big heads. And so, uh, as justified by uh, my um, Justice League Unlimited three and three quarter figure collection, which all have multiple dents in the front and back of the head from constantly falling over, um, I was really worried about how this was going to be managed in a six inch line. And up until now, I've been really pretty pleased because most of the figures stand really easily um, on their own without having to use a figure stand. Well, that ends tonight because Poison Ivy has got um, the little spindly um, legs, little teeny tiny feet, and then a very big plastic head with plastic, uh, very big plastic hair. And so unless you, you kind of... S- just manage for a moment to capture the magic. There is no way that she is standing up without a stand, which is a bit annoying. Um, tried and tried. Uh, but she really is beautifully done. Um, something that um, has worked quite well on some of the other figures is a really quite unusual construction of the um, hips of these figures, um, which is that the articulation is um, kind of in the in the thigh so the legs can bend straight out but it means that you can actually spread the the feet out a bit to try and get some some balance there but just not happening with this particular figure because of the weight of her head so it's on to the stand um having said that the stands i think are for these are some of the the um nicest i've seen because they've got little turnaround designs from the animated series on them and so they're they're character specific and they are quite fun. So I guess if I had to use a stand, then this one, not the end of the world. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about the stand in a moment because there is an issue with it. Um, sculpt wise, um, she is great. She, this is the green version. So um, the the uh, white skin version did appear in this show as well. So I expect we'll get that um, variant at some point in this line. Um, she comes with um, two extra sets of hands. So she's got relaxed hands in the package, and then she has um, fists and then holding hands. And uh, the holding hands can hold the other accessories that she comes with, which is three different uh, vials with colored, you know, quote-unquote liquid in it, which um, she can hold, uh, which is really quite fun. Um, so like I said, very teeny tiny legs. Um, Catwoman has some of the same issues. Um, I don't actually have her on a stand. I've managed to get Catwoman standing up on her own, although it's a little bit precarious, but not going to happen with um, this one, uh, but very fun. 
And then the penguin is a really fun figure. This is, you know, quite a, um, I think, iconic uh, look for the penguin. Um, loved him in this series, and he is just great fun. Um, no problem standing this guy up because he's got quite a bit of weight supporting him and teeny tiny little feet, um, which is quite cute. Um, he comes with a stack load of accessories. He comes with um, two different sets of hands, again, for holding and kind of fists. Um, he's got his base, and then he's got two different umbrellas, an open umbrella and a closed umbrella, which is really groovy for, you know, po- posing him with different things. And then he's also got a little a little tea teacup um, set, which is quite fun. Um, articulation is a little bit limited um, on this guy. He does actually have uh, like obviously the shoulders and hips, his legs are, you know, cute little tiny things. The feet are not, um, oh, actually maybe they are. Maybe I'll tell a lie. No, the feet are really not articulated. No. Um, the, uh, but he does actually have very limited elbow articulation. Um, not a lot of movement there. The head does turn, but the, the, um, it is a, a limited turn just because of the neck and he's got his little plastic long hair um, as well. You can tell it's the 90s. Um, <clears throat> one thing I love about um, this penguin is that he's got his little um, bow tie um, is all sculpted. He's got a little plastic monocle um, on his right eye, which is um, very cute. And... Uh, he looks great with you know, either umbrella or just on his own as well. And um, he is um, quite short, but very stout. So he's a heavy uh, figure. Very fun. Um, <clears throat> I think that th- there's a, obviously a lot that can be done in this line. Um, there's another Batman and another Robin coming out. Um, There are quite a few characters still left to do as well as, you know, versions thereof. I'm quite happy with the versions of Batman and Robin that I've got. I'm not planning on getting the additional ones. You know, just kind of one iconic version of each character is fine with me. Um, And, uh, but I'm still really, really enjoying this line. And uh, I think, you know, huge hats off to um, DC Collectibles for, uh, going there, and if they if this does do well, which I, I feel like it must be because they are quite popular, I'd love to see them branch out and do um, some Justice League animated stuff as well. Um, very fun, but these are both great additions. Um, I do, <clears throat> you know, in terms of a dolly rating, I'll rate them individually. Um, Penguin for me is a nine out of ten, and the the missing point is just for that lack of collector friendly packaging. I just can't give it a ten because it is a, particularly with all the little pieces, um, which then you know have to be stored and managed. It would just be so much easier to be able to put them all back into the packaging. Um, so, but you know, no complaints about the figure. Um, Poison Ivy, you know, I do think that I just I cannot get my head around, and you know, the first time that I bought, uh, you know, kind of collector figures and took them out of the package and some of them couldn't stand up on their own. I was just gobsmacked, you know, because the kind of idea of like, why would you make and design a figure that can't just actually, you know, be an action figure? Um, uh, and I, I hate having to use stands. It really cramps, um, 
display um, limits what you can do, etc. So for me, she has to lose an extra point for that. So Poison Ivy is an eight. And uh, that is my review. Any questions? Do you, do you think they would have had to stray too far from the animated look, though, to get her to be able to stand? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I think it is a, you know, I think, uh, um, look, it can be done. Like, I've actually just kind of landed her on a, a pose that, that she can stand in, in now, but it, it's uh, they're hard to replicate. So it can be done. But I think that the one thing that might have helped with this is the ankle joints are quite loose, and so that then does make it hard, like her, because she's she's bending a lot on the, the ankles. Um, so, But, yes, and I think that that's why they have done the um, – the, uh, legs the way that they've done them. And like I said, you know, I, you can actually pose her if you really, really try, but I just, you know, always feel like, you know what, it shouldn't be this hard. So. And how are you feeling about the choices between, cause they sort of vary back and forth between the original designs and the new adventure designs. How are you finding like the choices here that, you know, they went with the classic, uh, penguin, but they went with like the new design for poison ivy. Oh, uh, look, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I think, like I said, um, you're going to get for, for most of the characters, I think you're going to get both eventually. And so, you know, I think it's probably kind of smart to straddle the two and intermix them because, you know, if you don't want people kind of holding out saying, Oh, I'll wait until they do new adventures, etc. Um, so that the new adventures, Batman and Robin are coming, um, shortly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if there were significantly different, um, then I'd consider buying, uh, a different one. Like I, I probably will get the, um, the white skin poison ivy just cause that is my preferred, um, one. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't mind. Hmm. Yeah. See the, the thing with that poison ivy design is I, if you just saw that, you wouldn't think it was poison ivy. I don't think. I, well, because she doesn't have any plant stuff on her. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. I I love the original design of Poison Ivy in that animated series. So yeah, me too. Really hoping that, and actually, I'm kind of reverse. So I I love the new adventure design of the Penguin, where he's that classic man in a tuxedo. Where here, if you hear Bruce Tim talk, he really didn't want to design the Penguin. Um, that way when they first started that's uh, done here that's very Danny DeVito inspired but it was a mandate from Warner Brothers to do it that way so mm. um, yeah it kind of taints a bit that one okay yeah I, mean, I don't know that I, I chronologically know the series well enough to automatically know the difference you know like I kind of I, I didn't watch any of it at the time I've only I've watched it in um, big blocks, um, you know, on DVD or on iTunes, etc. So, but I kind of, um, it, I'm just really enjoying collecting the line. And I think that, you know, when it's all kind of said and done, that certainly you'd be able to group them separately. Mm. And, um, yeah, but I'm just having a ball collecting these. Mm. And it's one of those lines too, the more that come out, the better and better they all look as in one big consolidator unit and it's starting to really grow into a great line. Absolutely. I need to bring back the monocle. You know, I have to say, since we've been talking, I've managed to kind of stand Poison Ivy up about three times now. Um, so that's really irritating. <laughs> um, yeah. talk, talk bad about me, would you? 
<laughs> but yep, that's my review. Loving this line, really enjoying it. Thank you, DC Collectibles, and keep it coming. Ah, she just fell over. See? Oh. <laughs> well, while Scott manages that situation, we will come back and talk about things we've added to our collection. More muscle, more metal, more than heroes, they're legends. Legends of Batman. from Mighty Batman Comics. All new legends blaze with all new power. Slice into time with Samurai Batman striking a massive blow for justice. As Silver Knight Batman flashed sizzling steel and cut through crime of a different time. And encased in a mammoth medal of flight pack, Batman solved the riddle of crime every time. More than heroes, they're legends. Legends of Batman. Figures each sold separately. Well, we're all mostly here because we collect stuff, and feeding the addictions where we take time to kind of discuss the things we picked up. And Eddie. Yep. While you're not photoshopping between things, um, <laughs> what have you picked up? Uh, I had a bit of a light week. The only thing that uh, I've added into my cart uh, this week is the Mondo Don- Donatello um, came up, so I've pre-ordered that, and I've just had my final payment on my one six Deadpool figure, so uh, hopefully that should be in hand for the next time I'm on an episode. Oh, good, good wow. deal. In Scott, um, as well as my Batman animated uh, figures that I just reviewed, I got the Kotobukiya Bishojo Wasp statue this week, which will probably feature in a future review. Very fun. Um, little side note: I've mentioned before that um, the guy at the shop that I tend to get these from um, has. An uh, interesting pronunciation for Bishojo. And when you ask for a Bishojo thing, he says, Oh, you mean the Bishojo? Um, and uh, uh, when he sold me my wasp, but he didn't seem very friendly. And I just wanted to say, if you happen to be listening, um, that I, I, I'm really sorry that I correct your pronunciation and make fun of you on the show, but you say it so weird and wrong. Um, and. Uh, if it's not, then I just hope that he was just having a bad day. <laughs> okay, so we now, we, now, we now know who Scott's nemesis is. My nemesis. Yeah. Somewhere, in a, the somewhere in a dark layer. The Bishoujo guy. You know, <laughs> a map of uh, Melbourne and guy's plotting and he's like wringing his hands together and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get Scott next time. <laughs> Well, they're expanding those Zing stores. It's like they're taking over. Oh, for sure. Yeah, one's just opened up at High Point, apparently. I oh, found really? out today, yeah. Well, they're doing a good job, and their prices are not bad So for mm. most things. I mean, some... Mm. But, like, you know, their prices for the DC collectibles stuff and etc. really mm. pretty reasonable. And my, my experience, like um, particularly the one store there in the city under EB, um, the staff have always been super friendly. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, chatty to me. So Yeah. No, and I mean, they are at this shop too. Like, And, and even the Shaojo guy, um, who mm. I really doubt is listening, um, is very friendly, except for last time. He's probably one of our most popular listeners, I and mean, he, he's finally figured out yeah. what we're talking about. Him. Like, oh my god, it's me! It's yeah. Tim Tam Tommy. <laughs> hey, Tim Tam Tommy. <laughs> what about you, John? Oh, that'd be. I, I've got nothing. Man, I know. It's strange. I've been looking at lots of stuff on Amazon, but mainly Gundam model kits. 
but then it's hot apparently. That's a that's another yeah. slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. I was actually looking at hands for Gundam model kits, but I don't know. It's bad. It's bad. Because I'm trying to figure out what the next one's going to be. Mm. I haven't even finished the first one. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Are they hard? I, I think the first one I got is hard. It's harder than probably what I should have started with. Mm. But I'm enjoying it. See, I mean, the whole any putting anything together for me is hard. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't mind. I, I, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of tedious in places, but I'm enjoying it. So I pay my kids to right. put IKEA things together. <laughs> I think Lego is about the level of difficulty I'm comfortable with in putting somewhere with between Lego, Lego and Kinder Surprise is like the nice balance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Kinder with Lego. Surprise I always. Either miss a piece in the instructions and I get about four more steps and I go, uh, well, why does that go there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't that I see for me. It's always like, Oh, I was meant to use the slightly off gray, not the off gray one. And now I've only got three of this gray and one of the other gray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But true. Mm. Well, you know what? I, I think we'll probably uh, take a little break here and we'll come back and maybe Eddie will regale us with more stories of, uh, you know, either toy destruction or, or toy building or maybe something else. Total Morphine Power Rangers, this is Zordon. It's morphine time. Evil space aliens are approaching your location. Combine your weapons. It's your only hope. Karate action, Power Rangers. Use your hand-to-hand fighting abilities. Block, chop, and kick. Protect the Earth from evil space aliens. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from Bandai. Grab the power. Well, you know, this is one of those weeks where we have a lot of toys, and um, Eddie's coming at us with some newer item from his collection, I'm guessing. Yeah. Tell us about it. This is Saurod. He's from the Masters of the Universe classic line. So uh, for the off chance that there's someone listening who doesn't know, Masters of the Universe classic uh, is a modern update done by the Four Horsemen sculptors of the original uh, 80s vintage He-Man line uh, and as well as some new figures. But the highlights are generally those that were part of the vintage line. And we finally got in the last of Skeletor's evil warriors, and he also rounds off a very small fraction of the 80s Masters of the Universe movie figures. So um, Mattel doesn't have the rights to do figures based on the Masters of the Universe movie starring Dolph Lundgren, Frank Langella, and Courtney Cox, Uh, but they can make figures of... Uh, the characters in the film that they made figures of back in the 80s through a loophole. Uh, and the last one they still had of those to do, the other two being Blade and Gwildor, was Sawrod. And he's sort of a predator lizard-looking character uh, that's a bounty hunter uh, in search of He-Man at one point. Uh, and he was a bit of a weird vintage toy because he actually had a uh, bit of a lever on his back that you'd pull down and sparks would come out of his mouth. So uh, not an action feature that you could really get away with 
uh, in the modern age, but he was always very cool. I had a neighbor that had him as a kid, and I uh, definitely liked making those uh, sparks come out his mouth. And But this is his uh, modern update that I have in hand at the moment. So it was made by Mattel. This is the year of release, 2015. Uh, now, we've reviewed plenty of these uh, Masters of the Universe classic on the show before. So uh, most of you know it's an uh, action figure. It's uh, priced at around $25. It comes in your standard uh, Moto C blister card, so sort of the green brick rock backs uh, there. They haven't really changed much apart from put on a little picture in the back and given him a bit of a bio that has actually annoyed a few He-Man fans because he kills off quite a few characters in that bio uh, there. So uh, a few people weren't too happy about that, but, um, I mean, personally, I think a bio on the back of an action figure card is a bio on the back of an action figure card and carries about um, as much weight. I don't think it's anything to get too upset over in the grand scheme of life. Uh, but uh, the actual sculpt on the figure itself is incredible. I have really fallen in love uh, with this guy. He's got – it's really hard to explain, but they've really captured that look of – 80s science fiction if that makes sense at all there was sort of a weird design element in the 80s um with their sort of robot and creature designs and they've just really captured all the little bits and pieces and the screws and the impracticalities of the armor design in points and like it really looks like he's just made out of bits and scraps from old sci-fi shows that the prop designer uh, found and have put together an old sort of a computer wiring tube that was stuck on the back of his neck here. And they've really captured it in the toy form, so it is both (coughs) his armour as well as that original look. And I really do uh, love the way he's looked and designed. He's almost entirely a new sculpt. He does have... The standard uh, Motu-C lizard buck under his chest. But for the most part, he's a 100% new sculpt and they have done a very wonderful job on him. Particularly the head sculpt is just really fantastic and something that you can pour over. Uh, the paintwork is very brilliant. Uh, for the most part, it's basic. It's this very, uh, once again, <laughs> the only words I can use to describe is like 80s sci-fi bronze. Uh, and then he's got sort of a tealy green uh, reptile skin underneath. Uh, there is a bit where you can see some uh, sort of an undercloth to the armor there around his groin that's painted in sort of an olive green. And where the paint really stands out is in his eyes. So he's got a couple of different shades of teal and green in there um, on the outside of the eyes, sort of the lizard part. And then you go in and he's got the little fleshy pink parts on the side and then sort of a green um, iris around with another yellow iris, and then sort of those lined pupils to give him that very uh, reptilian uh, look to him there. So uh, kind of snakish, uh, more than lizardish in the eyes, but really fantastically done. So um, the paint may not look like there'd be much at first glance, but when you actually get into the details here, They've done some really good ones, and I've got absolutely no slop at all 
uh, anywhere on the body that I've been able to see. So uh, it's pretty much 100% there on the paint. Um, articulation, once again, he's fairly standard for your Mo2C styles, ball joint head, ball joint shoulders, um, swivel biceps, uh, hinged at the elbows, uh, swivel cuts at the wrist, ball joint hips, uh, waist twist, ab crunch, uh, knee uh, joints and uh, ankle joints uh, in there. No um, extra bend in there in the uh, ankle cuts, unfortunately, though, for posing, but he goes pretty well. He does have a tail on his back. Uh, but that's not poseable. That's just a solid piece of plastic that's part of his sort of loincloth uh, uh, armour piece. And in terms of accessories, he only comes with one, and that's his blaster pistol. Uh, now, this was actually a bit of a notorious accessory uh, in the vintage line uh, of He-Man. This is one of the most expensive accessories uh, you can come by in that original line because it was such a tiny gun that came with that original figure and he was later in the line and not as many people had him. Uh, this gun was one of those uh, pre-lost accessories. Uh, so people trying to complete their vintage He-Man line 100%, this is one of the hardest items to track down is his blaster. So uh, this is actually the second time I've ever seen one of these um done now so it's uh, a very nice to finally have that blaster in my collection and it's just a very uh 80s design sci-fi blaster it seems to have a little radar dish on the top of it that i don't know what it would be used for but um it seems very cool and nice uh so all up uh i would probably give him 999 uh, dollies out of wow. 10 just oh, hold slightly on off now. because of hold on. Uh, the, the tail just being a solid piece that's kind of What's this point slightly thing? on an odd angle but that would be the only thing and that's a very minor uh, nitpick for me but he he might be a uh, favourite running for figure of the year hmm. for me so far so he might be heading near the top I haven't really just started to think about uh, that stuff coming up near the end, but um, he's definitely going to be up there for 2015. I don't know about this 9.9 .9 stuff. I don't well, know if we've never done points before. Ah, oh, well, that's, you know. That's, uh, these newfangled kids with their yeah. newfangled ideas. We, New math. We, everybody wins. That's, that's how How do I do that on an abacus? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I've never seen that movie. Yeah, wow. it's it's bad but good at the same time. Okay, there's um, because they didn't have the budget for it, so it's set on Earth, and he has to help Courtney Cox out, and they eat fried chicken, and <laughs> are amazed that it's an animal, and how barbaric humans are because we eat animals um, off tiny white sticks, and but there's some really good stuff. There was a lot of um, the designs were done by Ralph Macquarie, um, who should be a familiar name to a lot of geeks yeah. out there. Um, Frank Langella's performance as Skeletor is fantastic. Dolph Lundgren's Dolph Lundgren. 
um, but it's a it's it's got its charms to it at certain point. But there's literally about the end battle scene, they ran out of money almost entirely and had to shut down production. So the end fight between He-Man and Skeletor is two characters backlit with smoke and sort of like lights moving back and forth oh dear. with very close-up shots. And you can really tell the moment when they just completely ran out of money um, on the film. But it's it's an interesting 80s nostalgia piece to check out. I'd be interested to see what you'd think all these years later finally watching it. Huh. He looks very Power Rangers villain to me. Yeah, I he's definitely got that fight. He, he always reminded me as... A villain out of, I don't know if you've ever seen the film, um, is it a Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Christopher Lloyd? There's like some yeah. lizard monster that he fights in that, and it's very similar to that in that they always, in my mind, mm-hmm. were from the same race of creatures. Huh. Yeah, he doesn't. When I look at this, this doesn't scream Masters of the Universe to me. It screams something, something else. Yeah, I, it was very much that, yeah, just weird late 80s sci-fi film kind of yeah. design. A lot of the designs in that movie were very different to what the Masters of the Universe brand had been uh, before it. Hmm. Interesting. Good, Eddie. Good job. Yeah, thank you, Eddie. Yeah, it's okay. You're and, welcome. And after that, we will be right back with um, another Toy of the Week. Hey kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous corners, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know what makes them super? Cause they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brilliant sidekicks, Iggy and Spike, using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army, those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Bros. action figures, from Ertl. But don't worry, they're not real. Well, now it's time for the final installment of our Triple Threat Toy of the Week. And, John, it is over to you. Take it away with your hard-to-pronounce toy. Well, I'll I'll tell you guys what it is first. It's uh, Masked Rider 2, the first version. This is from SH Figuarts. It's a common Rider. Um, you guys know I've kind of descended into common Riderness and We do. Something, really? Some, Jap- yeah. some Japanese things over the past year or so. Um, you, you don't I don't like really have... Books. I I know, but these are grasshoppers, so you know they're friendly bugs, like praying mantis. I don't mind praying mantis; they kind of they're kind of cool to watch. Mm. Actually, last time I was in Kentucky, I got to see um, a little bit of a uh, monarch butterfly hatching out of his chrysalis thing, but that's a story for another day. Um, (laughs) Anyway, anyway, um, I'm not a you know, most of my writer love probably comes more in the Heisei era. Um, I'm not a big Showa writer fan, but I do love the designs of that era, um, especially the figure arts uh, versions of them, mm. which is what this is, because uh, it's obviously the second writer and writer one and writer two were kind of in the same uh, things together. Um, this is the first version, and all that means is he has green gloves and boots instead of red. Yeah, of course. Later on, and later on in his his era, he he changed a little bit. But this is um you know late eighties or not late eighties, you know the the eighties version of Common Rider. So it, it it it's a little grittier, a little um you know they look more like motorcycle riders than than the modern ones do. Um, not quite as many characters and things. Uh, but this is kind of as 
as Eddie alluded to, more of a bug design. Uh, the grasshopper design is very evident in, in this guy. So uh, probably what a lot of people think of as the classic common Rider. And, you know, what we saw here in the States is Masked Rider as well. So um, it's SH Figure Arts. comes boxed. If you guys have ever seen Figure Arts figures, you know, they come boxed. They come in a little tray. And little tray has all the accessories and the figure and stuff in it. This is a 2010 release, if I'm reading the box correctly. Um, so it's a little bit older one. Uh, and I think that shows, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, I just got him this year because I got a good deal on him. And like I said, I, I don't, not necessarily a fan of that series, but I do like the designs. Um, just because I think they're kind of, kind of cool. So I went ahead and got him. Uh, you know, his, he's styled obviously as a, uh, you know, that figure art style, um, packaging's collector friendly. Like I said, um, one of the cool things about these figures is the eyes. I'm going to start there because, uh, they're done normally, you know, with like a helmet and then the eyes are done as a clear piece that's inset and that clear piece just really shows as it makes the whole thing kind of really read as a um uh, uh an actual lens because some you know some of the figures actually have some little sculpting behind them so they'll be smooth on the outside but have like uh like little reflections and stuff on the inside but those those little clear eye lenses really sell this guy um he's about you know about the size of a marvel legends figure uh trying to think of which way i wanted to go with this but he um you know, he has a helmet, has a face mask. It's all sculpted very well. You can see just little tiny details all the way around the head. He's got little, you know, latches and stuff on his helmet. There's very little paint on this guy. Um, mostly a black suit with, like, green uh, paint for the gloves and, and boots. But, um, you know, there's not not like some of the crazy paint work we see later on um, in, in some of the other riders. He does have a little bit of hair sculpted on the back of his head. So his head and neck are actually visible or the back of his hair is visible and that's part of the head. And then he has like a little neck piece underneath there. So, um, he has a, a neck that you can see flesh on. One of the cool things about these guys is they wore scarves. So, uh, you see the, you know, he's wearing the full scarf, so he looks very stylish, but he comes with two scarves. So you pop his head off, you put the other scarf on one, just kind of hangs straight down. One goes over his shoulder, like he's in motion. Um, one little detail of paint that looks really good is, uh, the back of his gloves actually have little triangles painted on them. And that's a, a detail from the show. And, um, that's kind of cool to see, you know, just this little tiny de little triangle on the back. Cause you normally, if they left it off, nobody would have noticed. Um, he has a white stripe painted on his, his helmet and all the paint works pretty much flawless. Uh, I don't really have any complaints. His, his driver belt is, it would be in the modern area or his typhoon, um, looks really good. You know, that's the, the belt piece. Um, there's a little buckle on the back that's got silver paint on it and it's, it's painted perfectly. There's, there's just absolutely no, um, no question on the paint on this guy. Uh, it's kind of green. It's kind of metallic. I, I just really, it's cool. It's cool. Oh. It's very cool. Um, so sculpt wise, it's a guy in a motorcycle suit essentially, but, um, you know, just all the little wrinkles and everything just kind of sell it. If one thing that kind of drew me to the figure arts of these guys is 
they, they look like little people when you take pictures of them, you know, they, they look realistic and, um, I, I really love that about, about all of the figure arts I've gotten from Common Rider. So, um, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, also playing into that is they're articulated and that's, you know, obviously a selling point for, uh, figure arts. And this guy has all the articulation that you would expect. He's got, uh, toes, elbows, uh, ball jointed shoulders. He's got the, the ball joint on his head and then the one in his neck. So he's got like the double ball jointed head. Um, so you can get a lot of tilt and motion out of that head. Um, and because it's such a expressionless face, you know, he doesn't have a mouth cause it's covered by a faceplate. Um, kind of that little head tilt and stuff gives him more expression, I think, than, than you would otherwise expect. You know, you can kind of tilt his head to the side or up or down or, and it just gives him kind of a little more expression than, um, you know, like a, a standard just cut joint would. Um, kind of a cool thing. He's got ankle rockers. Now, one unique thing, or at least I think it's fairly unique. Um, I don't see this in a lot of places is I think the ankle piece that's part of the foot feels like it's made out of metal. So what I don't know is if it's metallic or not, but it's, I think it's there just to add a little strength and weight. It actually works pretty well. Um, I had this guy upstairs, um, next to my TV watching table and I, I was just playing with him for a few days and, it's a matter of, you know, you'd put him in a pose and you'd think, oh, well, let me try this. And you, you could just put him in all these like natural looking poses and, and he just looks good in all of them. Um, hmm. You know, I had him crouching or reclining or doing sit ups or whatever. And, and you could just pull them all off. Um, he's got a double ab crunch. So he's got the one chest joint and then he's got another like bendy joint where for his waist so he can swivel and, and bend a bit at the waist. Um so it is just a little limited on the ab crunch, but I think that's mainly because of the, uh, the armor piece, the, you know, the, the, the grasshopper muscles on his chest, but, uh, you know, they look pretty good. So I would imagine the real guy probably had the same kind of issues in the costume. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. Um, I already mentioned he has two different little, little scarfs or mufflers, but he also comes with, uh, three sets of hands. So you come with fists, um, relaxed hands really relaxed hands and then i'm trying to remember what the other set was i I can't it's escaping me at the moment so um you know he he has the hand options oh i know what they are they're uh karate chop hands so they're straight out and that was for doing um some of the poses that he was famous for uh in the show um he had kind of some unique poses that he would do with those flat out karate chop type hands uh during his his transformation move so or Henshin, if you're a fan of the series. Um, the one thing that kind of let me down on this guy when I got him out of the package is the shoulder articulation. It has a, a ball joint to the shoulder, but it'll drop down a little further than it probably should. So you can get his arms, shoulders, like, down underneath. You can get his arms down underneath his shoulders, like, by a couple millimeters, and it looks really odd if you get him in the wrong position. Um, there's a little plastic floating piece in the torso that kind of matches up to it, but it doesn't really move, um, out as the, the arms moving. So, um, probably not the best execution. Like I said, this is a 2010 figure. Uh, A lot of the figures that I have are after this guy. So, um, 
And they also have shoulder armor or something covering that, which might help. But because he's just kind of a plain, you know, more of a plain rider, uh, he uh, he doesn't have anything covering that up. So you can get just a little odd um, look to that shoulder. But it lets him do things like cross his arms and, and some stuff like that that maybe, you know, you couldn't do otherwise. So I think there's probably a trade-off um, there between articulation and and look and styling. But um I, I kind of I I'm going to take off a point for that, but it, it's not the worst. You just gotta gotta be aware of it when you're posing him. Um, overall, like I said, I just really dig the style of this guy. You know, I I had just like Eddie was talking about last week. He's one of those figures that I just pick up and and pose him and kind of look at him for a while and then pick him up and pose him and uh, he's just fun to have. So um, really glad I picked him up. Overall, I'm gonna go nine out of ten dollars. Hmm. Hmm. I, I was glad, yeah, that's good to hear that, because this is one that uh, sometimes when I have a little bit extra cash, I might uh, look at these guys, and I haven't pulled the trigger on one yet, but this guy's definitely high up um, yeah. in my run there, being one of the more classic design guys. I am. Um, I'm, I'm a little addicted to more of the newer ones, only because they come with a lot more accessories, uh, depending on what series they're from, but... Uh, you know, the look and style of them is, is really well done no matter which one I've had. But th- this guy in particular just seems I, – I, I'm having fun just posing him and setting him on my desk and posing mm. him and setting him on my desk. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that's a, a, a sign of a really good figure, yeah. you know, that's kind of – If you keep coming back to it, you know, then that that's a good thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a little light on the accessories, but – you know, what else are you going to give him? I, I don't know. <laughs> so have you got a display of these? How many have you got so far? Um, five, six. Um, I don't have a display yet. They're all, they're, they're all waiting to have pictures taken and stuff for the, for the website. So, um, I'll take pictures and I'll, I'll think of something else I want to take a picture of. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard because of the, all the accessories and stuff. So, uh, I start, I think, oh, I missed this, this, and this, and I need to go back. And um, I, I've got an idea for a display. I just haven't put it together yet. Cool. And I, uh, you know, I'm sure that'll change because I'll probably get some new ones between now and when I actually get, get around to doing that. But but this guy's actually right in front of my keyboard right now. So I think he'll probably be there for a while. Cool. Very good. Um, well, thank you very much for that, John. That is our last of our three toys of the week. And uh, we are nearly at the end of our show. We will come back with a little bit of feedback from you before we wrap things up. The unmen are back for revenge, and they want Swamp Thing. Weed Killer's poisoning Swamp Thing's home. Who can save it? Swamp Thing! Nobody poisons the swamp trap. I live here. It's feeding time for my Venus flytrap. Ah! It won't stop me. Is this the ah! end of Swamp Thing? No. My mighty bog rover will put an end to you. Fire! Swamp Thing, guardian of the earth. Swamp trap playset. Bog rover and figures sold separately. Well, before we say goodnight, we have some feedback, and feedback always makes us happy because it's from you guys, our listeners, who we love and adore. Yay. And if you'd like to, to hear your feedback here. If you want to be loved um, and adored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, you can send us email at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And if you send it to us, we'll probably read it out because we love you guys. And Scott. Yes. You have our first bit of feedback. 
I do, and this was um, from Twitter from uh, Peter Beers, and he said, have you guys done a Batmobile toy retrospective? I don't remember. That would be cool. And uh, I don't believe we have, but I do believe that that would be extremely cool. Mm, I thought we had. Did we do a Batmobile one? I thought we had. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, did we do it with a guest? No, I don't think so. Maybe? I don't uh, know. Well, okay. We'll have, to have Ar- we'll have to have Arnold research that. Yeah, because I, I, I have an idea, if we haven't done one, of someone that would be great at doing it with us. Oh, and I suddenly I'd... thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if we did that already and did it with a... <gasps> we did! <laughs> with with Dean, um, Dean Aikens... Um, also known as uh, Dr. Trific, we did uh, uh, episode 111. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. Oh, and it was, I was on the show. <laughs> there you go. Good. So, yes, Peter. So, to answer your question, Peter, yes, yes we have Yes, done. we did. <laughs> wow. I know. Well. We've been doing this too iron- long. Yeah. Ironically. Um, yesterday I was kind of, uh, you know, um, asking around what people wanted to, wanted me to, to review today if they wanted something newish, which was going to be the common writer and, uh, uh, cool dad, Matt actually said common writer figure arts. So hopefully, hopefully cool dad, Matt is happy now, Hi. but, um, Hirstikon, um, actually came back and said that, uh, he would like us to do a panache place, uh, Voltron. And, um, I actually went back and looked and, um, we had already done the Panache Place Voltron. Must have been it Adam. Was way, it was Adam and huh? it was way back in episode 32. And I was actually on that episode and that's why I remember doing it. Um, so, so yeah, we actually had done that, but way back there. Um, and I, I was surprised that I remembered it when it was that far back because I didn't think it had been that long, but it was it was there, which surprised me because I didn't think I was on that early in the show. But apparently I was on since like episode 25 or something. Really? 22. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it went back that far. So thank you guys for listening all the time. And, and thanks to Hurstacon for being a listener, too. Um, yeah, and he was going to go back and check out episode 32. I was still in kindergarten when that episode came out. <laughs> now come on. <sighs> it's it's last year. Funny thing at time zones, actually, you were saying you sent this out yesterday, but I, I remember getting this tweet, um, and that was this morning for me as I was walking yeah. around. Also yeah. on my way to yeah. breakfast, so weird. <laughs> do, do you have any Voltron love, Eddie? Uh, Voltron I never quite got into. I'm not, not yeah. a big one of robots joining together to make bigger robots unless they themselves are sentient because this I, I got a bit of a thing i feel like i'm being very negative tonight and i'm a very positive person but one of the things i never got into was like voltron and um the mighty Morphin power rangers and i'm sure someone's going to come back and go hey in episode five they did this but they have like these separate like you got the tigers in voltron and you have the dinosaurs in power rangers or there was some crab ones in another power ranger one i didn't really watch more past the original seasons but they come in and then they form the bigger robot but they never use the other parts 
as individual parts. They always just combine straight away to the big robot. And it's just like, mm-hmm. just leave him as a big robot. You save yourself some time and <laughs> just let him chill out there. We we know it's going to go the big robot. Just leave it as a big. I think it would have been quicker to talk about things that you don't hate, Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eva Green, Nathan Fillion, Sawrod, <laughs> Mario. I, think, I believe you guys have got feedback as well. Ron Perlman. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I had a lovely message on Facebook that says, uh, and there's, I won't reveal who it was from until the end, but you might be able to guess uh, from the grammar. Uh, listen to your pod space cast today. I am a bit impressed with you, knowledge and stories. Do you, do you, Scott, do you want to have a guess who sent that to me? Do I know was it this me? person? No, you don't. But th- this was my this was uh, father, father Eddie three four two nine. So, uh, if anyone's ever wondered where I get my social media grammar from, uh, that's him, the man who famously sent out a tweet raving about uh, the great Australian spelling bee being hyped on Channel Ten uh, with about fifty million spelling mistakes uh, in. <laughs> His posts, so uh, if you wonder, but it's very sweet. And if you're listening to this episode as well, Father, thank you. Yay! Is he is he Eddie three four two eight? Uh, no, he's like Eddie nineteen fifty one. I think would be his number. Because mm. there's decades between me and him, so I assume there are a few more Eddies born over those years. Eddie is the Ultron of the uh, AFB universe. Mm. There are no strings on me. Oh, that was pretty good, actually. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. I try. Well, guys, I think this is it. Yay! I think we've reached the end. Hey, we managed Mm. to completely lose our shit there earlier and still finish at midnight. Yay! Yeah, mm. I, I did not think that was going to happen after the whole Cabbage Patch Kid incident. <laughs> That's got to be a mark point. Yeah, yeah. That's like it's like um, BC and AD. It'll be like pre Cabbage Patch and <laughs> after Cabbage Patch. <laughs> I just brought it up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, run, let's remember that. Yep. The behind the music's episode will be, and then one day there came the episode where the cabbage patch incident went down. That's right. Some people wonder yeah. why the AFE podcast stopped at episode one nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we reveal the inside story. Inside story. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't quite make it to two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> that led to the rebirth of the cabbage patch doll industry, okay. making the most Actually, popular the toy line of the day. Aren't they back in stores now? Do mm, they ever leave? I think, they I think are. they've always been around in some form. They're just not, you know. Cabbage is back. I saw that the, the other day. Hey. The patch, though. Mm. Were they, were, like, back in the day, John, did you have to, like, buy a cabbage and put the baby arms and head <laughs> on it? Is that, is that how all toys worked? Yeah, pretty pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Just, you just, it, it was like Build-A-Bear. 
but you, yeah. you stuff the doll with cabbage. Back, back, back in the day with Build-A-Bear, you went out into Canada with a rifle and a bag full of like, <laughs> teddy bear fluff and just built your own. Actually, my, much, yeah. we were at the shops today and my 14-year-old my said something I thought was quite funny. She said, imagine if you like, you know, adopted a child from a third world country where they were like forced into you know, like labor at a factory making things and you brought them to Australia and the first thing you did was take them to build a bear. That's that's one of those jokes that I'm jealous I didn't come up with but myself. That it was really funny. The, the funny thing yeah, that's, was that's then, pretty good. like, my tw- we spent like an hour trying to explain it to my 12 year old, and then I was like, just don't even worry. Like, it was no, just forget it. <laughs> she was like, I don't understand why that's funny. <laughs> come with us; it'll be fun. And then they have like you know flashbacks, and they're like curled up in a corner. Oh, make it stop. <laughs> My my mum used to. I had a thing as a child. I made a comment of because um, I was talking about the kids, you know, making clothes for ten cents a day or something. And that was around the time of all the, you know, um, sponsor a child and all that. And I made a horrible comment as a six year old or whatever, mind you, of oh, we should sponsor one, and then he can make our clothes, and then we don't have. <laughs> Not realizing how those things really worked wow, and yeah. the serious situation behind it which I'm nice but, but and out of the mouths of kids we're not all hmm. I, I i like your one story better <laughs> i'm tired i'm ranting now yeah let's, we let's should wrap. go okay well guys good night remember to have your eddie spader neutered yeah, <laughs> yeah too late too late <laughs> okay see you later Good night, Argentina. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And with that, gentlemen, I think we need to move on to some name that. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I need to pause for one second here.
Okay. Okay. Do we have to pause as well, or...? Is this the audio clip? No. It's a sucky toy. No. It's a pause toy. I need a second. Hang on. It's a pause patrol. (laughs) It's a pause patrol toy. (laughs) I got it. I got it this week. He hasn't even played it. It's pause patrol. Uh, uh, Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. (gasps) Pound puppies. It is not pound puppies. Man. Okay, here we go. In five, four, three. Oh, so wait, Scott, you haven't seen Master of the Universe movie. No. So when I say good journey at the end of every episode, you that's just... Uh, yeah, I had no idea either. Yeah, I that, don't really pay yeah. much attention to you, so mm. it's all good. That, that's that's <laughs> from that. So they never say goodbye, they say good journey. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's, I it's thought it was sweet. a Hobbit thing or something, to be honest. Yeah, well... He-Man I has just, stolen from Tolkien over the years, so... I just thought it was a weird anything. Yeah. Oh, it still is. Yeah. 